I still to this day block out like an hour on my calendar for, for pure cold calling, prospecting, you know, uh, again, I don't care what sales environment you're in. There's a very small chance someone's going to call you and say, hey, I need your product. I need your service. This is the Full Stack Sales Pro. What up, Full Stack crew? Uh, we have an absolutely amazing show for you today. It's going to be fantastic. I actually got connected with this gentleman through one of our COOs here, and he was like, you got to talk to this guy. Uh, he tried to make fun of him for his golf skills, but then I quickly found out that this guy actually is 10 times better than our friend here, Brian, at golf. So it turned into these, hey, let's talk about sales and let's figure out uh, just how we can learn more from you. So uh, go ahead. Let's just welcome Adam to the show today. Adam, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your busy uh 18 holes life uh to come in and <laughs> join us on the show how's your day been so far it's been great uh excited to, to be here thanks thanks for having me josh <clears throat> heck yeah heck yeah first of all because if you're watching then you can understand that i'm already fan because you gotta let yourself a little bit of weller back there <laughs> plus a little bit of the masters logo which is all you really need in this world is weller and uh the masters and so exactly uh, yeah. as a sales professional <laughs> if you don't have a good bottle of bourbon behind you i, I question you at all times <laughs> Wait, hold on. So because some people, <laughs> they can't see. I, now you can see, but I'll come back into the shot. But I agree. Like people, my, you know, when I was putting the office together, my wife is like, well, what do you want uh, to be in your office? I was like, well, you got to have bourbon. <laughs> and then you have to have some really inspirational picture that makes people think that you're super smart and uh, you know what you're talking about. I don't know if you operate that way. Or that, that, that's it. At least uh, if I can't sell you what I'm trying to sell, at least we'll have a, a shared connection over the good brown water that's that's sitting over my shoulder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, let's get into, um, because honestly, this this will be fun. You'll be the first, uh, honestly, person on this show that I brought on that I didn't personally have a connection to, which I love because I get to really be, uh, you know, just inquisitive and understand. But, you know, Brian, honestly, with all the joking, speaks so highly of you and where you've come from and where you've gone. But I would love it right now if you could just kind of share your backstory of how you got into sales. Yeah, of course. I uh, first and foremost, anything Brian shared, it, it may have been a lie or, or very stretched truths. But uh, yeah, my, my my background's a bit unique. You know, I, I didn't grow up thinking, "Hey, I'm going to go out and, and be an expert salesman one day." Uh, you know, for me, it it started on the golf course uh, at a young age. You know, my, my father's a CIO, so I was around uh, a lot of good sales folks a lot. You know, he would drag me uh, out on the course when I was gosh, even middle school all the way up through, through college. And so I was, I was around a lot of good folks that were good at their craft. Uh, so I think I witnessed mm. it, watched it, saw what, you know, for, for good and for bad, uh, what, what a salesperson <laughs> does. And, um, you know, as, as I kind of started to, you know, I guess all the way back to high school, college times, you know, I, I actually education background. So I wanted to go, uh, teaching coach. You know, I, I wanted to do something that I really loved. And at that time that was, mm. that was golfing and, and working with, you know, uh, young adults. And, and so I, I actually was a history teacher turned sales professional. 
uh, which, which wow. is a bet. Yeah. You want to talk about hard sales, yeah. try to get a sixth grader excited about world history. You can go, you sell that, you can sell anything. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I told, I told somebody on the show before I said they were in, they had a church background and I was like, man, church people make the greatest salesman. Cause if you could tell a bunch of teenagers not to have sex then you could literally <laughs> sell anything. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I, I did that for a number of years. That's actually what ultimately brought me to Nashville. Um, so I, I was a history teacher and, and head golf coach at, at one of the local schools here. And literally right, right around, I guess it was about year three or four for me, I uh, met my now wife and I was, of course, as a teacher rubbing pennies together, hoping they were turned into quarters. <laughs> and it, it just you know, long term wasn't going to be viable for me. So I, I kid you not, yeah. I, I literally sat at my desk. I was the athletic director. I opened up our, our parent directory and just started thumbing through the pages of, of some trusted parents that could perhaps make some intros. I had a master's in business, so I had a foot in both mm. camps, but I, I just knew I had to make a pivot. And I ended up uh, calling a, a guy named Mike Murphy. He was the owner and, and founder of Holland Square Group, which is uh, where I met Brian. So this is where the connection comes in. But uh, I called him and uh, Holland Square Group was a healthcare IT consulting firm, really focused on, on staff augmentation and called him. And I, I just said, hey, listen, you probably know a lot of folks that are hiring. I'm trying to get out of education. And that turned into six, seven, eight more meetings and beers uh, over the course of probably five or six months. And he, he took a chance on me and brought me on uh, as a director of operations where I just started to learn the business of healthcare consulting. Um, wow. So, yeah, that was it was a big change. <laughs> uh, very, very blessed for the opportunity he gave me. I mean, again, he, he took a chance on a, a high school athletic director and history teacher. So um, I'm going to ask, where does, where does the sales come in? So I did that for about two years and uh, really just learned the business. Everything from consultant go lives, consultant experience, support, operations, anything that pretty much was not production, was not sales, was my responsibility. And uh, mm -hmm. did that for about two, two and a half years. And then as he uh, and his partner got prepared to sell the company, I started to look at the, the really successful sales folks. And um, the company that acquired us actually is based out of Boston. And I had no desire to move up to Boston. And I, yeah. I knew that my role could potentially kind of be sunsetted. And so I started to look at the sales folks and I kind of took that initiative and just said, hey, listen, I, I can go do that. Uh, and, and almost maybe a little chip on my shoulder. I can be better than most folks. Uh, that are doing it. And so I just went out there and, and started to sell uh, as, as well. What was that original offer? What, what do you mean? What offer? Uh, what, what were you selling? Oh, sorry. Um, that was uh, at, at that time, you know, just the hardest thing to sell ever is, is people. So it's time and materials consultants that, that are inside health systems. So we had a real niche with Cerner, which is kind of the, the Microsoft of the the healthcare world, if you will, if you're not familiar with it. So I was selling bodies that were helping with implementations, optimizations, you know, what, what have you. So um, it was old school selling too. I was smiling and dialing, making about 1200 cold calls a week, getting my teeth kicked wow. in every, uh, every day. A lot of no's, just trying to find <laughs> that yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm seeing a trend here. Uh, just kind of like with, with, um, as people are coming on with this whole like smiling and dialing, and it's very kind of foreign 
in today's modern sales because once Facebook came in, once social media came in, people could buy their audience because before they didn't own their audience. So now they could at least rent their audience, right? <laughs> right. You know, with, with ads. What did smiling and dialing actually look like? I mean, like it was, you weren't phone book pages. You're not that old. No. So it's like, what, what were you actually doing? I, I know. I, I feel like I was at that pivotal point. Uh, and I've heard you discuss it and some of your other guests about this transition of, hey, there's a new era of sales. It, it no longer exists that you cold call, you know, until you get someone live, <laughs> uh, especially set aside COVID. I mean, that introduced a whole nother beast altogether. Yeah. But, but for me, it, I mean, it truly was an Excel document, names, titles and cell phone numbers or, or direct lines. You know, I'm talking to the little lady trying to convince her to let me through or, or changing my voice or using an accent just to try to get someone on the other line <laughs> that is a decision maker. Um, so I, I will say I'm so incredibly grateful for it. I mean, I cut my teeth doing that. It was tough. Mm -hmm. It wasn't easy, um, but I learned, I mean, the old school way of selling, right? I mean, that's, that's I, if you can do that well, the outside sales, the face-to-face, -face, the relationship building, that all comes naturally after that. Because I, I think if you can learn the hard way, um, not, not to say that there's not harder ways, but you know, no one wants yeah. to be on a, a phone all day being told no. It, it, there's nothing luxurious about it, but, but it does, yeah. I, I think, sharpen your craft as far as your ability to communicate, effectively speak, you know, really kind of pitch, uh, you know, ultimately pitch what you're selling quickly and efficiently. Is, is what I would say okay. that, that I did. <laughs> okay. So I have a question because like, I've been getting this question a lot, like with who we're training and even within our own team, like you heard a lot of no's. Okay. Like we haven't even gotten into the meat of like your sales career yet. So the beginning, you heard a lot of no's because you're cold calling. You're, you, you literally are getting gatekeepers. So you're, <laughs> you, you mean, at least now when they cold call, they're actually calling the person that they're supposed to talk to. Again, they don't realize how easy they have it. So here's my question. How did you manage your, as this is so on so woo woo. How did you manage your energy? throughout the day when you're pounding the phone and you're just getting no and no and no, how do, where did that resilience in your mental fortitude come in? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, cause I will say there's days I didn't have it. That's right? why they pay me the big bucks. Cause I, I asked really good questions. I'm just kidding. No, it's, cool. it's good. Cause I mean, I will say there's, there was days I'm hyped. You know, they always say, you know, your no is you're getting that much closer to the next. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. that, that all sounds, great and dandy but when you hear 500 no's in a row you're, you're not that eager to, to find the next yes or, or maybe you are even more eager but um i will say without being cliche the culture was big too you know i i wasn't by myself it, it was a bit of a boiler room kind of an open pit everyone's on the phones um and, and the company uh, so again holland square group was was acquired by a company called alcu they, they did a really good job of, of creating that sense of um competition and you know mm. literally almost putting up dials of how many folks are making 200 calls 300 500 you know because it, it, it was building obviously just a, a mass cog in, in this wheel to, to get as as many conversations going as, as possible so for me it wasn't hey i'm going to come in and you know stack up five cups of coffee and just make it happen today but also it was it was my means of doing business it, it was you know, obviously mm -hmm. the wolf on wall street, all the stuff, you know, pick me up. I make you money. That was the kind of mentality. Like no one's going to call me 
and say, Hey, Adam, I need resources. You know, I, I had to be at the forefront of their mind at all times. And so I was the one that had to wow. do it. And if you're doing that across five, gosh, at that time we had five or six um, offices, you know, you wanted to be the best. I think there's something innate about every salesperson that they, they want to be the best of the bunch, right? They, they want to have the highest yeah. volume. They want to have the biggest deals. Um, so I think that that sense of culture and competition helped, helped really create some, some nice traction of us smiling and dialing every day. Nice. Okay. So you get in, you get into the sales culture. Where, where does Brian come into play in all of this? Brian? Yes. Uh, so funny enough, uh, again, Brian and I were kind of these, these OG characters that were a part of Holland square group and then, you know, adapted mm -hmm. into this new company culture that, that bought us. So it was funny at, at a time, uh, Brian only really knew me as a, a director uh, on the operations side. So it was funny. I think I told him one day, I was like, Hey, when this acquisition is being finalized, I'm going to move over into sales. And uh, he was like, man, you can't sell anything. Like, you know, of course was, was questioning it. And then he goes, are you sure? Yeah. And funny enough, I actually reported to Brian for a very short time because our, our at that time, um, I haven't even gotten into my, my current job. You know, I'm talking about this old, old position I was in, but I know, um, I, know. I uh, reported to Brian and, and, and I went from pretty much learning staff augmentation and, and recruiting world, you know, you, you recruit and, and you sell. Um, so the recruiters are talking to the candidates and, and the sales folks are typically talking to your decision makers and, and buyers. And so I, I had to kind of learn from Brian. He, he ran a, a large recruiting team at that time. So Brian taught me uh, all of the, the recruiting aspects. But to this day, Brian, the way he sells is he always uh, tells me, you know, <laughs> when he was trying to get business, he would ask, uh, these companies, you know, you want to be a buyer or a supplier uh, in a sense like, hey, do you want to <laughs> buy consultants from us or do you want us to supply candidates because we're going to poach your people? So I was like, Brian, that's not going to work, man. <laughs> that is not the, the sales approach. So uh, needless to say, Brian stayed on the, <laughs> the the recruiting side of the business as I moved more towards the, the sales. But uh, all jokes aside, Brian was uh, <laughs> instrumental in, in helping kind of form my foundation for sales as I moved away from operations and, and more into production. <clears throat> Nice, nice. So what did that look like now you're moving into production? You're kind of, you know, you're getting going. What are some of the first lessons you started realizing and learning very quickly? Sales is not easy uh, and it's not for everyone, <laughs> uh, especially in the staffing world. So I, I did that for about, you know, six or seven years and, and uh, for the listeners. So I, I, I'm still in sales. Obviously, I'm, I'm more of a strategic staff based environment and we can get to that. But one of the biggest yeah. takeaways is it's not for everyone. Uh, and I don't care all, you know, you can't go read the books and, and become successful. I, I think sales folks will say there's, there's something natural about being able to relate, identify pain points, you know, build relationships. All of that came easy to me. I, I had that piece of the puzzle. Uh, I, I think the relentlessness was something I had to kind of learn, um, you know, cause it, it can mm. easily be, uh, exhausting and discouraging, <laughs> but I, I will say back, back to my point of, you know, I'm so glad I learned it this way, making the 1200 cold calls, you know, kind of this almost foundation being built of if I can sell that way, surely I can get in front of the folks. You know, for, for me, it was a, a timeline of selling over the phone, creating some relationships, getting those occasional yeses, then going on site, meeting these folks face to face, building that rapport, that trust, which all, you know, in turn for me, ultimately set up a, a very successful healthcare sales career. 
that I'm still relying on some of those you know same relationships that I cold called into seven years ago now that I'm selling you know legacy data archival solutions today so um, for me I, I'm gonna jump in <laughs> I, I want to soapbox real quick yeah of course I think that that is the biggest missing element in the sales world that I see right now is that in this online space which is amazing I mean the e-learning space is like about to be a 400 billion dollar industry so it's not that it's small it's just the way that sales are done I don't see people have a book of business like they used to and that's something that I'm wanting not only my team and my staff to have but also our our students that we're training it's like there is a nurturing process that happens and more important like remove sales what I wrote I'll, I'll never forget one of the greatest lessons I learned was a guy told me he was like the dots of life will always eventually connect at some point. And he showed me things that happened like in the seventies when he did something and how, because he didn't make a choice to do something that was actually justifiable. And he basically took one on the chin 20 years later, how that came back around. Right. And there's always something connecting. And I think if sales professionals could understand what you know and operate in, and as you just said, you're literally still building upon that from 07, right? Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's, um, you know, and I think I, I too surrounded myself with mentors, you know, folks, you know, sales, there's no need to constantly recreate the wheel. You know, there, there was a, a desire mm. for me to take bits and pieces of, of folks that I knew that were really good at it, whether it was the relational piece or the uh, outbound piece, you know, I, for me, I had to kind of identify too what kind of sales person I wanted to be, you know, there's the hunters, the farmers, like I was the guy that wanted to put on the war paint, go out there and come back with the fat and calf that like, Hey, look what I brought. You know, I was chasing net new logos, net new partnerships. Uh, you know, and I, I think that in itself is a unique talent and, and craft. And, and uh, on the flip side, you know, there's, there's a unique craft of, of expanding within a hunting territory, right? You've got kind of same store growth and, and that, that type of sales. But for me, it was learning from some really good mentors in my life as, as far as sales folks. And one, one of the best uh, referencing that Mike Murphy, the, the founder of Holland Square Group, when I, when I switched over to sales, he, he, his only advice was, hey, Adam, it has to work. You know, I'm not going to be here to protect you if, if it doesn't work out. And hey, you can go back into operations. He goes, just go in with the mentality that it has to work. And uh, mm. th that was the mentality that I had. You know, I, I at that time, I, I think I had one child already and another on the way um so it wasn't like i could go back home to mama and say hey <laughs> i gotta look for a new job this sales thing's not working it just i had this mentality that it had yeah. to work you know i was watching folks roll out you know especially high turnover industry staffing so sales folks were coming in and out the door every six months but i you know, i was keeping my butt in the seat and, and smiling and dialing because i had to make it work <laughs> yeah what was that like though to have because we hear a lot about work-life balance right now <clears throat> how did you manage and maintain that not only were you you know you had a kid one on the way <laughs> you're transitioning into even another role which was again if we're talking about transition from a, a golf instructor <laughs> a history teacher you know extraordinaire to now you're changing industries and you got more mouths to feed and more people depending on you how did you manage that what did that look like how did you manage your schedule yeah, you know, family was a big motivator for me. Got to put the bread on the table. You know, it's I think all sales folks, you got to find your why. For for me, that was a big why. You know, why am I doing this? 
I've got a family to feed. Um, but but for me, I, I think being, you know, it's, it's funny. There's so many great sales movies. And I, I think of Pursuit of Happiness, Will, Will Smith, right, as far as, him Classic. saying that, like, you know, he had one up on everyone because he kept the phone on his ear and he picked up an extra three seconds where everyone else was hanging up and, and he wasn't. He was constantly just pressing click and starting the next dial. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I was that aggressive, but I, I had mm-hmm. to make, you know, our, our typical day, of course, was a little bit longer. You know, we were staying in the office till 6.30, You know, I think it was actually a mandate that the first year that everyone had to stay in the office till like 7.30 p.m. twice a week. Um, so again, I, wow. th- that goes to that culture though, that they were trying to build this excitement, like, Hey, we'll order in dinner. You guys just keep calling. Um, now for me, I, I didn't have that luxury. I, you know, I, I had to get home. I had to help <laughs> put some kids to bed. Um, so, right. so I, I had to be tactical. I, I had to be, I, I think, very aware of my time and, and be strategic. I had to lay out my day, uh, and, and from, from start to finish. And if I didn't, I, I was going to always be behind the eight ball. Mm. so what does that mean laying out your day like because i know i got people right now that don't know what that (laughs) means so i'm gonna play i'm gonna play dumb on their part for you what does that mean laying out your day as a sales professional yeah you know it's i i at that time it was more hey i'm I'm gonna be cold calling all day and and hopefully get some things or have meetings not now i see the fruit of laying out my day probably a lot more you know my my day can get so caught up in the follow-ups the meetings the you know the projects you know, you've got all the, the balls that are in the air, but of course, trying to to find the net new logos, the, the new partnerships. Um, you know, I, I still to this day block out like an hour on my calendar for, for pure cold calling, prospecting. You know, uh, again, I don't care what sales environment you're in. There's a very small chance someone's going to call you and say, hey, I need your product. I need your service. Right. It's, it's just not going to happen, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, as a part yeah. of a, a sales responsibility. You got to be out there knocking down the doors. Uh, so, you know, I, I think my day, when I say I'm, I'm setting up my day, I'm, I'm being very intentional about when I'm prospecting, when I'm following up meetings, you know, I, I block off even for gosh, mindfulness, you know, I got to make sure I'm not going to be worn out when, at the three o'clock demo that I have with the client. Um, so if I got to block out a time to, to make sure that I've got some, you know, get my, get my mind in the right place, you know, I, I live and dive on my calendar. So I think some real intentional focus on making sure that the day is not bombarded with distractions uh, at, at the end of it. You know, the, another yeah. great advice I always heard was be selfish with your time, right? You know, the, the hey, you got a minute meetings where someone walks into your office and, and starts asking you and all of a sudden, 45 minutes later, your, your day is gone. You should, yeah. no one's going to care more about your time than yourself. So you, you, you got to be intentional about it. You got to be selfish with it. <clears throat> Man, that's so good. So why are you as advanced as you are for down your career and everything that's going on? Why are you still cold calling? Why are you still prospecting? Yeah, no, I will say I'm not 1200 cold calls a week. That's those days are in the past. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. You, you know, I, I, I'm a relational guy. You know, I, I think my, you know, if I could put my sales approach in a box, relationships, channel partners, warm introductions, all the things that, you know, every sales book and, and advice would, would encompass, but it's easier said than done. Right. Um, I, for, for me, it's, it's, you got a cold call. You, you gotta have the outbound, uh, even in my role now, you know, we, we don't have an extensive marketing arm. 
uh, that that's going to get my name out there and you know Trinisys, our, our legacy data archival solution. So the company that I'm at now, uh, you know, it's 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 more of again going back to my own ego. Uh, you know, I'm going to sell my solution as, as well as myself. You know, so <laughs> uh, no one's going to do that better than me, and and no one's going to find out what I do well if if I'm not the one uh, you know banging out the phone calls and and, and the outbound myself. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. It's such a great perspective because I think in our world, it feels like sometimes people are just like, oh, you know, like, yeah, bring me the leads and we'll make it happen. But it's like, because it is a bit of a different product to a degree, you know what I mean? Like, especially since it's a service based, but that confidence, that's when I got into sales, I didn't have, like, I was like you, I I mean, I took a, a hard cold you know turkey stop of one thing (laughs) and switch it but mine was in like a four-day turn so i said yes to sales four days later i was in it and got and shut down everything else and then all of a sudden it was like i had that still like if if this is going to work is because i'm going to work like it's going to be on me and what i can sell and i feel like if if people could take that pride back right that that like and I don't just mean be an alpha and beat your chest just for the hell of it. I'm not talking about that, but I'm saying that aggression of like, no, I will be the reason that this gets across the line. I think it also changes when you're selling something and you get hit with objections, right? Because I'm sure that you get your own objections as well, right? That's not just our industry of sales. Funny enough, there's objections in, in my industry as well. Yeah. It's uh, again, kind of my progression of, of sales, right? When I was doing staff, staffing and, and consulting, you know, I, I could have a, a fruitful conversation on Monday and MSA signed by Wednesday and, you know, consultants boots on the ground within a week or two. Uh, you know, my, my sale now, my pitch is completely different. You know, you're talking about healthcare systems engaging Trinisys for large scale enterprise wide data archival. Um, you're talking about, you know, potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, seven figures potentially uh, on strategic initiatives. So for, for me to think that I'm going to call a, a CIO on a Monday and Thursday, he's going to say, perfect, let me stroke you a check for 600000 It's not going to happen, right? It's a longer sales cycle. But but for me, I had to learn that. I, I had to be more patient. <laughs> I had to understand that I, I can't pepper these folks on a Monday and expect them uh, to, to get back. So I, I think, again, a, a good salesperson is going to realize you know, timing and value, right? That, that Those are the two things I think everyone's constantly seeking. The timing. Sales is sales, right? If you're selling snow cones in the summer, it's great. If you're selling them in the winter, it's hard. <laughs> your, your buyers aren't going to be as interested. So, um, you know, I, I think timing and value is big. Trying to have both, you know, be, be right on both is always hard. But if, if the timing is a little bit off, that's that's where you build the relationship. Um, you know, that's where you showcase the value and, and hopefully the timing's right. I mean, I still have health systems that, you know, I haven't done a lick of business with, but I still talk to them probably every month or, or every couple of months because i know eventually that there's going to be an opportunity and i want i want me to be top of mind and my solution and whatever i'm doing at that time uh to, to come right to their mind uh, just given that I, i've been putting the work in to, to be present with them yeah so it's not even really like because i think we we will call that you know a follow-up but the reality is mm-hmm. it's even more than a follow-up it's it's your it's a touch point you're simply saying like I'm going to constantly be touching base and having touch points with these people to nurture them and to engage them. How long is your sales cycle right now? Uh, on average, on average. Yeah. I was going to say catch me on a good day or a bad day. You know, 
the the archiver world's unique. I would say, you know, if you ask my leadership, you know, of course they want it to be three months, six months. Uh, you know, I would say realistically, I, somewhere probably between five and, and seven months. And, and a lot of that is from starting uh, of understanding the need, discovery, you know, wh where it looks like, uh, what what is the the issues, you know, how large of a health system, how much data, all, all of those things. But but it also could be. I mean, I've, I've got a counterpart of mine. I think he just closed a deal that he's been working for almost two years. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so it, it, it all depends, uh, you know, and when you got that long of a sales cycle, I, I think it's also, you know, keeping the funnel full is, is huge, right? Because yeah. imagine if the deal didn't close two, two years worth of work to come up empty handed. Uh, you've got to make sure that you've got <laughs> plenty of opportunities and keeping that hopper full because, uh, hopefully in, in turn, you know, they're hitting off every so often, whether it's two years, six months, three months, you know, uh, it, it all just depends on, on the, the prospect and the client, of course. Yeah. 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 When, um, I'm, I'm curious about this cause it's a different field. How are you motivated one? Like, as far as like, are you a commission guy motivated? Are you incentivized motivated? And then two, in your experience, what has you what have you seen work the most with sales professionals in your experience? Another good question. Yeah. So for me, um, uh, uh, I will say we're, we're pretty lean on our sales folks, pretty veteran. So, you know, we're of course commission driven. I think any sales environment, if you're not money hungry, you're in the wrong profession. You, you gotta, yeah. uh, any good salesperson wants uh, those big commission checks. And, and if you don't, I go, go look for something else. <laughs> right. Um, right. So, so, but I, I will say it's, it's, uh, you know, we're not a purely commission driven, uh, sales culture here. So, uh, we've got some leadership and I would say some veteran sales folks that, um, have, have been around the block for a while. So yeah. uh, between all of us, um, you know, your question is, it's, it's so hard right? as far as like what, what, what it works. You know, again, I, I'm a bit of an old school guy. I, I do the handwritten notes. I do things that try to, you know, differentiate myself from the others. Because, you know, I always picture there's an atom at Trinisys. There's got to be uh, another form of an atom at my competitor. And so I'm, I'm trying yeah. to think, how can I outwork him? How can I outperform him or her for that matter? And so I am trying to figure those, you know, and I don't have a silver bullet, right? I don't know. <laughs> Some days yeah. I think I have great things that are working, uh, but there's also... You know, I, my my sales buddy and I always laugh. You know, we drop all these handwritten notes. We we sometimes think they're just sitting at the bottom of the mailbox because I will say I've never gotten one back yet. I've probably written <laughs> hundred plus, uh, but I, I will say, um, you know, we had a deal that just closed and someone referenced the handwritten note and said, "Hey, I know you followed up last Christmas. The handwritten note, uh, I really appreciate it. Here's where we are now, right? So uh, it, it's the touch points, it's the relationships." it's that relational capital that end of the day it's i think that's going to be the differentiator man i think that like if if the one thing that i'm taking away just from this episode already is is what it takes to truly have a sustainable long lasting career is is your <laughs> ability to to stay engaged the the ability to continue to do the right thing even when you don't see the result. And in your case, that you're, you know, you're, you're kind of part two years 
I know people who after like 72 hours are like, well, they don't want to buy. I'm done with them. I'm out of here. And it's like, wow. I mean, it is a human being. They could have had things pop up in 72 hours, like, but truly staying engaged, which again, not, not for the sake of sounding woo woo, but we do teach even here where it's like, man, are you actually doing the best thing for your prospect? Are you really doing the best thing for the potential client to serve them and be there for them? Meaning that like, will you do the hand note? knowing that you might not ever see it. And me and Brian were actually talking about this. It's like, I was like, yo, I was, I was probably whining about something. And he was like, and I said, you know what? Sometimes it just feels like a completely thankless role in life, sales in general. He's like, it is 100%. He's like, you'll be the first to hear about it when it's good and the first to hear about it when it's bad. And I was just like, wow. So, it, it, but when I see people like you, yourself, Adam, where you're, you've had such... A, even a 10 year doing it now and doing what you're doing. It's like, man, you're still at the level that you're at. You're still staying engaged with people, even if they're not giving you a credit card or a PO or whatever, <laughs> you know, even, you're still staying engaged with people, even when it is not somehow immediately filling your pocketbook because right. that, that law, the law returns is very simple. It will mm -hmm. at some level, at some stage, you know what I mean? So I just, I, man, I appreciate that. I don't know if you have any final thoughts and advice that you could share to the, some of these young sales professionals who are kind of just getting into the game, uh, any parting words of wisdom? Of, of course. And, and again, a huge thank you uh, for, for having me and enjoyed it. Oh. I, uh, but by no means would I, would I claim to be an expert. Uh, I, I'm still learning, right? I'm still uh, refining my craft. I'm, I'm excited for, for always what's on the horizon. Um, you know, I, I seem to be, you know, hopefully there's, there's some folks out there that would say I'm, I'm good at what I do, but it's because yeah. I've surrounded myself by, by uh, some, some great leaders, some mentors, uh, you know, to constantly trying to, to figure out how can I be better uh, at, at what I'm doing. So my, my biggest advice, you know, anyone that's, that's, you know, just getting their feet wet in sales or, or, you know, 10, 10 plus years, you know, the, the relationships are key. And I, I know that everyone will say that, but, you know, you're only as, as good as your solution or, or your product. Um, you know, you got to have that confidence in it. But end of the day, you, you've got to just be present. You got to be focused on showing up um, and, and whatever form that takes. If it's a handwritten note, if it's, you know, uh, flying out there and, and meeting them face to face, you know, for, for me, it's, it's, it's just a continuation of, of diving deep, diving into the deep end <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, sh showing up with these folks. You know, I, I also, I love what I do. I, I love sales. I, I love kind of the uh, uphill battle that, that it can be sometimes, but uh, I will put myself up against anyone as, as far as kind of the work ethic and, and the, the, the sweat equity that's needed to, to go get yeah. the partnerships that that's the stuff that, that I love, you know, I love to do that. Um, you know, ask my wife, probably there's days that I, my face doesn't say that I love it. <laughs> there's yeah, probably frustration yeah. and exhaustion. Um, but, but I, at the end of the day, I, I really enjoy, you know, not only working at Trinisys and in our sales environment, but, you know, just delivering on a, a solution that addresses the problem. You know, that's, that's always fun to, to be, you know, strategic and kind of bring, bring in, uh, you know, uh, I would say, uh, a, a solution that's, that's going to help the folks out. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, man, Adam, thank you so much for your time. Um, as always full stack crew, um, you know, if you don't take away, there's so many nuggets to take away from this, 
But here's a little, let me say it like this. As always, we literally never, uh, we don't monetize the show. We don't do anything like that because the goal is that this is a place where you can, as a sales professional, no matter what stage of your career, your life you're at, that you can pull something away from this. And the only thing that we've ever asked, and to my knowledge, the only thing that we will ever ask is simply this, could you share this episode? If it does something for you, if you got something out of it or somehow you're watching it and you're like, yo, my uncle's in, or my aunt's in sales and they need to hear this. Great. Because what Adam dropped to y'all today is some, some old school classic vibes, but honestly, things that need to be applied in today's modern world of sales. And if we could apply some of those, just honestly tried and true principles, um, honestly, you know, Adam, that you were dropping on us, I, I literally think people would not only a, uh, increase their commission checks which is number one, but they're going to increase their closing percentage by that as a byproduct of truly managing and nurturing and stewarding their, their relationships and their contacts and their leads. So again, as always, full set crew, we uh, got none but love you. We're appreciative of you all. Um, and, you know, share, like all the good things that, uh, you know, helps the show uh, spread the word. But until next time, uh, we will see you guys.